0: man losing your hair sucks and maybe i can help you with that um you know yes i'm wearing a toupee but what you may not know is the cause of your hair loss could be a hormone called dht and the possible solution it comes from the fda approved two hair treatments that control your DHT and prevent hair loss. It's even triggering hair regrowth in a good percentage of guys. Until now, the products were very expensive and required a doctor visit. Well, not anymore. If you know about Keeps, K-E-E-P-S dot com, Keeps offers the generic versions of those two FDA-approved hair products, and so they're 90% effective, they're totally affordable, and uh, you have half off to get started. With Keeps, you can save your hair without even leaving your couch. Oh, that now that sounds great. You don't have to go to a doctor. A licensed doctor will revere, review your information and recommend the right hair loss treatment for you. It's shipped discreetly right to your door. If you're tired of worrying or losing your hair, try this. Go to com slash save. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash save. com slash save. Alright. The world in a nutshell. Where would I like to put it in a nutshell? Next.
1: The Fusion of Entertainment and Enlightenment.
0: so right now as we speak there are major violent demonstrations in lebanon chile spain haiti iraq sudan russia egypt uganda indonesia ukraine peru hong kong zimbabwe colombia france turkey venezuela the netherlands ethiopia brazil algeria and ecuador oh and this is the week of brexit Oh, and uh, Trudeau was just elected, but he can't form a coalition government. Wow, that's kind of like Boris Johnson, which is almost like Benjamin Netanyahu, who also can't form a coalition government, which reminds me of how our president now can't govern because there's no coalition there. Wow. Let's kind of put all of these together And see what's happening in the world. In one minute.
1: This is the Glenn Beck Program.
0: Okay, just got this from the apartment list. Just under half of American renters. Say they are overwhelmed by their housing cost. Just under half. Um, I personally think this is going to get worse. Before it gets better. Um, I think if we... We hit the skids, Uh, it's going to be really hard to get a loan, people are going to lose their homes, they're going to be looking for places to rent, and I think rent is going to go up uh, in the future. Perhaps home ownership is affordable for you now. It can be. Now, you have to be really fiscally responsible But sometimes being fiscally responsible is realizing when it comes time to make that next big move. You just need the right people to help guide you through the process. American financing, if you call them, you can figure this out in 10 minutes. They can begin to assess your financial situation, and they could even pre-qualify you for a loan. They never have any upfront fees. They don't have any skin in the game at all, so you just give them a phone call. Having a house mortgage versus a rent payment can save you money in the long run, and if you have a locked-in rate, it could be your savior. Now, it'll also help you build equity faster than you otherwise would. If it turns out it's the right move for you, could be a win-win. You have to do your own homework. The mortgage rates are still hovering for now at an all-time low. Call American Financing at 800-906-2440. That's 800-906-2440 or AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing Corporation, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. All right so there's a couple of things going on in the world that i want to address and try to tie together my only real skill in life i think uh is uh, to be able to see a bigger picture i want you to i want you to look at the demonstrations in lebanon chile spain haiti iraq sudan russia egypt uganda indonesia ukraine Peru, Hong Kong, Zimbabwe, Colombia, France, Turkey, Venezuela, (laughs) the Netherlands, Ethiopia, Brazil, Algeria, Ecuador. And what's happening in England? Now, what happened last night in Canada? And I want to break these up into two different categories. Usually when you have riots or you have violent protests, it's because of one of two things. Either the people are hungry and they can't afford the things that they need and they see the government as a problem, or the government's not listening to them and the government's not responding to them. Both of those things are happening, but there's a third new one that is also being injected. So let's look at some of these. For instance um you have fuel subsidies that have uh that have been cut so the the price of fuel has gone up in places like Haiti they can't af- they can't afford it in Lebanon they there's a new tax levied on the use of WhatsApp that's the social media thing that's also one of the causes for Uganda they're starting to put taxes on social media. now, why would you put a tax on WhatsApp and why would that cause a riot? This is really important. We'll come back to that here in just a second. In Sudan, it's the cut to fuel and uh, food subsidies. Uh, in Chile, they're they're protesting subway fare hikes. Now, this is where WhatsApp comes in. You'll notice these aren't striking workers like we have with GM. These are just average people getting together on the streets. Now, how is that happening? That's happening now because we used to have to have labor unions because it was the only it was the only way to get the message out and we could all come together against the man. And so you had a labor organizer come in, and he would organize everybody. But now you have WhatsApp. Now you have Facebook. Now you have the Internet. And so if you're if you're upset about gas prices, you can find other people that are upset about gas prices that you would have never met before. This is why the governments are starting to crack down on social media and start to tax them and everything else. Because just like Facebook admitted to, and so did Twitter... They were greatly responsible for the uprising in Egypt, and they actually helped push Egypt. So you don't have to form unions anymore as long as you have the app. Now, let's switch to other places. There is a shortage of gasoline. There is a shortage of food. Okay, we understand that. But here's where something new is happening. In France, one of the original demands of the yellow vests was, and I'm not kidding, free parking in Disneyland Paris. They, one of the things, one of the demands they wanted was free parking at Disneyland Paris. Now, if you don't understand, if that seems crazy to you, which it does me, it is crazy. If it seems crazy, it's because you haven't really fully understood what kind of changes are happening to our world. And there's a reason for it. People, are, people have very high expectations in these successful countries, and anything that will help them cut their expenses or give them free stuff is being pushed just get me free stuff and the more free stuff that is out there the harder it is for for instance a government to be able to pay for all that free stuff it's an overwhelming of the system people are now just starting to say well i own that parking lot too that parking lot wouldn't be here if it wasn't for us i mean it's in france should be free parking at Disneyland for everybody. Also, at the same time in France, something else is happening. Farmers are upset at the climate change plans. Climate change, if you think it's unpopular here, climate change with anyone in the socialist-leaning countries Um is growing really unpopular with farmers and people, but only people, who consume food. Because it's jacking the price of food up. When the government says we have to cut these programs to save money, nobody wants to hear that. It's starting to uh, set people on fire because they're also jacking up things like things for climate change. So here's what we have. We have the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere with the most dysfunctional politics, Haiti. And it's seeing protests because the situation is bad. But in the same hemisphere, we also have Chile. It's the wealthiest country in Latin America. And it has falling... Inequality. So why are they protesting? Let me give you... Let me give you one other thing. I told you 10 years ago, in the future, the operative word will be chaos. And anything that causes chaos, get away from. Because we know who the author of chaos is. So... Get away from anybody who's trying to cause chaos. Let me show you one other thing. Governments cannot work. Governments fail when the gears get jammed. This is what this is what saboteurs were during the war. Saboteurs were people that would put a a monkey wrench into the gears. That was an actual thing in the Industrial Revolution. Somebody would take a wrench and they'd throw it in the gears and it would break the gears and jam the machine up so it would stop the factory from producing things. That was a saboteur. Do we have saboteurs in our midst now? And I don't mean just here, I mean all around the world. Because the gears of the machine is stopping let me just give you a couple of stops here. Benjamin Netanyahu looks like he's going to have to quit. He's been reelected, but he cannot put together a coalition. Coalition style parliamentary governments only work when there's goodwill. There is no goodwill. Everybody is standing their ground, everybody is saying, my way or the highway. So, Benjamin Netanyahu looks like he's going to retire and quit and hopefully they'll find somebody else that can put a coalition government but don't count on it because look what's happening in England you have Boris Yeltsin or Boris Yeltsin Boris Johnson who is just trying to follow the dictate of the people they voted Brexit the extremists in parliament are saying no Brexit At any cost. So screw the people. Monkey wrench. Boris Johnson can't put together a coalition. There is no coalition left. Justin Trudeau. Justin Trudeau won in Canada, but he doesn't have a margin big enough to put together a coalition government. So now the machinery in Canada is also stopped. And I would say that while we don't have a parliamentary system here, look at our machinery here. Because one side refuses to work and listen to things that they themselves four years ago said they wanted Because they won't act on those things, because they will stand against those things, because they're against one person, and putting that one person ahead of the whole country, you don't have a coalition. You don't have good faith. You have nothing that will work. Congress cannot get anything done. The administration cannot get anything done, because they're fighting over things that, honestly, nobody in the country cares about. Everyone in the country wants us to move forward. So let me just ask you a question. And this is an honest question. Is this really a coincidence? Now, it could be because everybody seems to have just been Violating their social contract uh, contract with with uh, with the people all over the world, so it could be. But it's interesting how no one seems to be learning the lesson. Things just keep getting worse and worse and worse. And what do people do while Barcelona burns? Ah, we've got models out there twerking in the streets. what is anyone taking this seriously is anyone seeing what's happening to the entire world it might be a coincidence but then again it might not be and we turn to AOC and Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton in one minute You remember in uh, Twister, uh, one of the characters comes running towards the camera. He's like, it's coming, it's coming, run for your life. And the other character says, no, it's already here. That was the tagline in, you know, all the trailers. (laughs) No, I don't remember that. Who would remember that? When people mean? remember the dialogue of Twister, there's
2: one thing you remember from Twister, which is a cow flying by. That's it. That's the only thing that anyone remembers from Twister. You
0: don't remember the guys the screen, it's coming, it's coming. That was the commercial for it, over and over and over
2: again. I don't remember that. There was that, and they they tied themselves to a pipe to survive a, a tornado, which is totally realistic
0: Could science. Could you let me do a commercial? Sorry. My Patriot Supply has you covered, because... Uh, Stu will be the guy who's like, I don't remember you saying that. It's coming. It's coming. (laughs) And I'll say, it's already here, Stu. Get off my porch. My Patriot Supply uh, are the experts in emergency preparedness, and they have guaranteed two-day delivery. Now, disasters aren't going to wait, so why should you? When the chips fall, find yourself prepared or in trouble with Stu. This week, you'll save $70 on two-week emergency food kits when you go to the website preparewithglenn.com. That's My Patriot Supply. Their food kits last up to 25 years in storage, including breakfast, lunch, and dinners. They're really, really good. You order a few today and receive guaranteed two-day delivery discreet to your door. You take action so you're ready when something comes. Because it's almost here. Save $70 right now just go to preparewithglenn.com that's preparewithglenn.com we break for 10 seconds station ID all right uh, so i i want to i'd like to I'd like to just give you this headline democrats 2020 race has a new shadow hillary clinton Some Democrats are putting caution signs up for Hillary Clinton as she wades back into presidential politics by casting a 2020 candidate uh, Tulsi Gabbard as a Russian asset, mocking President Donald Trump's dealings with foreign leader and drawing counterattacks from both. Bernie Sanders wrote yesterday, people can disagree on issues, but it is outrageous for anyone to suggest that Tulsi is a foreign asset. Uh, Larry Cohen, one of Sanders' top supporters, was uh, conciliatory but warned in an interview that Clinton could harm the eventual 2020 nominee by weighing in against specific candidates. And now they're thinking that maybe, maybe she's thinking about running. Of course she is. <laughs> there's a, I mean, there's no chance of winning, but of course she's thinking that. You think, really? Oh, yes. I mean, she's thinking about it. You know, I'm not saying anyone else is thinking about it. She is thinking about it. She's thinking about it all the time. Oh, they'll come crawling back to me. They will. (laughs) I
2: mean, when they went with she went with the double stack conspiracy theory yesterday Hmm. that it was Tulsi Gabbard was a Russian uh, agent and Jill Stein was a Russian agent. At that point, you (laughs) kind of thought she's a little desperate and certainly
0: Mm -hmm. obsessed about this, Oh, no. But you don't think she's actually jumping in, do you? I think she is waiting for the moment where they're just going to come and ask me. I know they'll come and ask me. (laughs) To leave? Because that's what people are asking her at this point. She is delusional. She is delusional. And the Democrats know that they're in trouble, mainly because of the split in the party. I mean— I don't know if you've seen the headlines uh, in the last 24 hours, but because of Ocasio Cortez, they're now saying, is the Democratic Party, as we know it, over this election? And I think so. I I mean, you mean it changes into something. I mean, that what Ocasio Cortez and the squad endorsing Bernie rips that.
2: Apart. Well, they're setting a, a pretty clear signal. I mean, you know, think about this. You have we're in a moment where Warren is arguably the front runner, right? Warren's gonna give you 95% of what you want out of out of your socialist candidate. <laughs> 95%. Yeah. Okay. Why now? Do you pick now to endorse Bernie Sanders, a yeah. guy who can barely walk across the
0: stage? Now, I want you to listen to this because I think this is spot on. Now, listen, remember. Bernie Sanders just had a heart attack. Yeah. Okay. He's falling in the polls. She's rising. uh, uh, Biden is falling in the polls. Warren is clearly the one to rally around. And again, Sanders just had a heart attack.
2: And they pick that moment to endorse. Why? Why? Number one, she's saying, this is my movement. As soon as Bernie's gone, I'm in it, it's me. It's, I'm the head of this socialist movement. Uh, I am the one to be the, to, to, to bring the torch forward, and this is not something that's going away. And number two, there is no compromise when it comes to socialism. There is no 95 percent of what we want from Elizabeth Warren. We want 100 percent of it. We're not satisfying for someone who still says they're a capitalist despite all evidence. We are the people that are going to say, no, we want them to say they're socialists. We're not embarrassed about it. And we're going forward and and going forward when Bernie uh, does decide to uh, to stop running. uh,
0: It's my game. Yep. She will take the the torch up. And all you have to do is know what party she was actually working for. It's not the Democrats. Mm -hmm. And go back and listen to what Sank said the night of the last election. We're tired of these people. We'll destroy them.
1: Listening
0: to Glenn Beck. All right, if you're a small business owner like me, you know that just about the most vital arrow in your quiver is the ability to take all of the incoming and outgoing data, things like accounting and sales and inventory, just to name a few of them, and put them all into one place so you can see how they're all working together. You can see what is coming in, what is going out. Yeah, how do you make decisions? I have to tell you... <laughs> Before we got a dashboard, before we, and I asked for one for a long time, we were building something that had never been built before. How do you know? Sales is coming in, accounting is coming in, all of these different streams are going in and coming out. And you're like, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Many times you have to guess. And if you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business. So if you're a businessman, you're a small business, you're a large business, I urge you to check out NetSuite. Uh, NetSuite by Oracle, cloud-based business management software that gives you the visibility and the ability to grow. Uh, All you have to do is go to netsuite.com slash Beck. Netsuite.com slash Beck. Do it now.
2: Pat Gray Unleashed is on every day on Blaze Radio and TV, and he's coming up next. (laughs)
0: all right so uh you know when pat walks into the studio with a bullhorn you know that the reverend al sharpton is going to be making an appearance (laughs) on this program welcome pat gray ah
3: thank you good Mm -hmm. to be here yeah Uh, yeah. tremendous interview from al sharpton and, and a lot of people say wait Al still does interviews. <laughs> I I honestly <laughs> didn't he move to the weekend? Because yeah, that's the only thing I could think I of. I think he's on Sunday nights or something, right? Yeah. I had literally like in the morning on
2: n- no idea he still had a show. Yeah, I, until, I didn't realize until that. Until yesterday. Yeah. Yeah.
0: He uh, does. Uh, and it's, it's on MSNBC still too. Yeah. Wow. Wow. They just yeah. can't find it to find it in them to to uh, fire him, huh? Apparently not. No. Apparently not. Shocking. Yeah. It's really easy
2: to fire Al Sharpton. Yeah, the right. There will be 500,000 people outside your front door the yep, second yeah. you do it. He'll be out there with a bullhorn yep. uh, instantly. That's how he keeps jobs. Yeah. I and mean, that's the only reason yeah. he keeps jobs. Obviously, that's the only reason terrible. he gets jobs. He can't even speak. Can no. we, can we, uh, like The man it's cannot t- it's speak. It's hard
3: for him. It's really hard for him. And he shows that again. He proves it every time. <laughs> Uh, and it's hard to decide who's crazier here in this interview between Al and Beto. <laughs> it's really close. All right. Uh, but here it is. All right. Now, how do you view the president? with Two-part question here. How do you view the president <laughs> reversing on uh, saying he's going to have the GC, uh, G7 conference uh, G-C- at his G-C- hotel and resort the okay. Doral in Florida? Pause now for he's, a second. Mm-hmm. Already he's, he's starting to stumble all over it. Uh, How do you do the GC, the the G spot, the G, the, the, why
0: was traffic problems email
1: (laughs) sent? So you're already off to a really good start. (laughs) All right. Uh, Here we go. Goes more.
3: Saying he will not. And how do you deal with what is clearly a, in my opinion, empty
0: five day. Uh, cease-fire commitment uh, from Turkey doing? to uh, Secretary Pompeo the and Vice President Pence when we're seeing actual fighting going on. <laughs> you
4: know, President yeah. Trump, perhaps inspired by Goebbels and the propagandists of the Third Reich, seemed to employ wow. this tactic that the bigger the lie... Can More I stop obscene. for just a second? Oh
3: God! Is remember when this was wrong to do? This was oh, out I, of bounds oh, to know. do. The ADL I, jumped all over you. Oh, Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. At what point is he going to be allowed back into the state of Texas, or will people be <sighs> oh, meeting man. him at the border with pitchforks, build that wall. torches?
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. I mean, <laughs> yes. this this guy
0: has gone from a kind of crazy Texan that everybody's on like ah, it's nah, better, yeah, to this i mean this guy has nuts.
4: gone nuts nuts right. start gravy go ahead being the injustice uh, the more dizzying the pace of this bizarre behavior the less likely we are to be able to do something about it and so i'm so grateful that not only is the house moving forward with impeachment but that the public really began to rise up when the president sought to enrich himself by hosting the g7 summit at one of his own properties. This administration, rife with corruption, is finally coming to a reckoning with with the public will Mm -hmm. of this country. So I think it's a good sign that he was caught, that he was stopped, that he can no longer normalize the behavior that we've seen so far. When when it comes to Syria, this is just one of the most tragic, embarrassing moments in American history, to to turn our backs on our allies. And Reverend Sharpton, I heard what you said earlier, these Kurdish fighters literally laid down their lives for this country and made it possible for us to send fewer U.S. service members over there to do the job of defeating ISIS and protecting our interests. So not only have Mm -hmm. we dishonored that commitment, we Mm -hmm. made it far less likely that we will be able to uh, bring other potential allies in the future to our cause and to fight alongside U.S. service members. Can you pause it for a second?
3: Uh, And also, isn't it fascinating that he's arguing a a pro-war position here now? Yeah, <laughs> because oh, no,
0: they, 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 they are all about the war now all oh, of I know, a sudden. I know we have to have those troops there in yeah. Syria and what they they have to do that because the reason what I mean, I know we were on record clearly uh, that we shouldn't be in bed with these people. Absolutely. We shouldn't be yeah. in arming these people. These people mm-hmm. are really, really bad. You know, people hear the word Kurd and you think of the Iraqi Kurds. The, these are not the Iraqi Kurds. These are guys who are not fighting for our country. They are Marxist communists. They were fighting alongside us, though, and they, yeah, they were, were fighting
3: kind of the battle that we
0: didn't. So they did it, really. So because right, it's have their to. country, yes, it's right. their yes. country. And they yes. wanted, they didn't want anything to do with ISIS. ISIS. They wanted to run it,
2: right? Right, and and it's not fighting for our countries there's no question that's false they're not right. fighting for the for the freedom of america no right like they're doing what they believe is right and it happens to align with what we believe is mm-hmm. right which is not a bad thing i mean you've talked about these people for months the syrian kurds and how they are different um that doesn't mean that it was it wasn't great that they were fighting along with us i mean i'm glad we didn't have to send more of our, our yeah, troops there I, i'm telling you it's
0: it's exactly like the soviet union i'm glad the soviet union was on our side uh, in World War II. In World War 2 I'm glad mm-hmm. that. Uh, but as soon as it was over, mm-hmm. we made it very clear. Okay, these guys are bad guys. I mean, th- that's exactly the
2: same thing. Yeah. Can, can I point out my most annoying hi- historical point? Mm-hmm. Is there is there time for this? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> Beto does this thing, and it drives me freaking crazy. The, I, the whole way people use this Hitler big lie thing, okay? The Hitler big lie thing is used as if Hitler said... Look, if I lie with a big enough lie, people will remember, will 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 believe me, and they'll go after the Jews too, right? Like that's the way that's mm-hmm. always used. That is not how Hitler used it. Hitler was talking about the Jews. He was saying they were lying. It is a mm-hmm. anti-Semitic mm-hmm. comment. It, it was tr- it was Hitler saying, you know what. I gotta say, uh, the Jews are such liars, and the li- the bigger they lie, the more people believe them. They try to make people believe they don't run the world. It was that mm-hmm. sort of horrible analysis is the point he was making, and people running out there over and over again like it's this acceptable thing. And, and it's when not.
3: You, when you listen to the rest of this rant from uh from Beto, he he's kind of doing that to Trump. Mm. I mean, he's lying as he's accusing Trump of being the liar, he's lying about what Trump has said in the past yes
2: unbelievable of he is he is the the desperation and the spectacular collapse of beto o'Rourke it's amazing is i mean it's remarkable like if you compare it to uh, you know, like a major company collapsing. You know, it's 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 like Enron, mm-hmm. right? It's it's a level of like not only is it one of the like he was what third place, second place in this election at one point, mm-hmm. and now we're talking about a guy who's who his own party is saying, guys, you got to stop. What are you doing? You're destroying the party. It's like en- Enron when it collapsed, like really hurt the economy, right? Mm-hmm. This is like Beto is like taking down the party with him. Mm-hmm. He's going through every every horrible proposal that we all believe Democrats want to do, but they never say. He just keeps endorsing them all because he's getting more and more desperate and he wants to stay on television on Al Sharpton's show for one more freaking week so he can hold on to whatever relevance he, believe he believes he has and hopefully can turn it into, if he's lucky, the show that comes on after Al Sharpton on Sunday or whenever that thing airs. He's so desperate for the public what do you eye. you think
0: about the... To further the theory that you just had about uh, Ocasio-Cortez, she is picking up the torch of of uh, Bernie Sanders, and she did it in a in a uh, very, very clear way, taking that torch, that Bernie Sanders torch, away from Elizabeth Warren. Mm-hmm. So she becomes the party leader mm-hmm. when that party is in real power of the Democratic Party. Um, and so she's saying, we're radicals and we make no compromises. Well, isn't that what he's saying? So isn't he just a useful idiot for the AOCs? I think he might be, because what is his future? Seriously, he can't run again. I don't think he has a political future. Right, unless he finds somebody that believes all the crazy things that he's been saying. Do you have the, uh, let's play the audio of him in, where was it, Alabama. And, and listen to what the Alabama Democrats were applauding when he was on stage. Do you have that?
4: This country, though we may not be in El Paso, Texas, is still racist at its foundation, at its core,
0: and throughout this system. Woo! Racist, Stop. Stop. Listen to that. We're racist to the core? The, yeah, what no you matter where yeah. you are, you don't have to be in El, El Paso. Jeez. This country is racist to its core. I
2: mean, he's just trying so wow. hard. I, you know. It's like a, you know, it's a, it's a six-year-old trying to push a car down the road. It's like it's pathetic, right? He just, there's no chance of it working, and he keeps trying. It's sad. I mean, he deserves every little bit of it because he's terrible. He has no principles. Remember the pro- profile, the campaign profile we did on Beto Work? Mm-hmm. It wasn't that he was super liberal. It was that he was anything. Anything you wanted him to be, he even says he that. He said it. He said, i What mm. kind of candidate you want me to be? I'll be that candidate." I mean, it was almost that quote. It, well, do
3: you remember? No,
0: the, I, I think it was. All, I mean, did somebody
2: say, "We want you to be the candidate of
3: psychosis." Is that what somebody said? Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, hey, somebody Beto, told can him, "Can you that. be the psychosis candidate?" <laughs> sure, I could do that, and he's proving it right now. I yeah. mean, he's he's psychotic right now. He's completely unhinged. I I can't believe if this was a Republican. That he'd
2: be drummed virtually out of the race. He would be getting so much bad press. But I, I will say the Democrats are drumming him out of the race. I, you mean, I don't even think he's going to make the next debate. I mean, the media doesn't seem to be hostile to him, really. They, no, the media is not hostile to
3: uh, him. They don't mind you him. Think at the media
2: is hostile? They'll bring him on. You know, they, but I mean, look, he's not connecting with the voters. The voters are completely rejecting him. Yeah, he's at what two percent? And three? I don't. Yeah, I think he has to get. I want to say the next hurdle you is five. To f- Five percent. I thought think, it was 3 uh, it's the last one was three. Okay, yeah. So is the next debate and, is which five. He barely made. I think the next one in November is wow. five. And oh, he's. Okay. I mean, he's I not going to get there. He hasn't. Hope. He hasn't had a five percent poll in months. Mm. So I don't. I don't know where. I mean, maybe he lucks out and, and squeaks into this debate. But right now, there's only eight candidates that have made it.
0: If you were in, if you were a Democrat, put yourself in the in the typical Democrat mm-hmm. category. Mm-hmm. If You were a typical Democrat living someplace in the middle of America. Would this not be scaring the hell out of you? Because you'd be like, uh, I've always been a Democrat and I don't hate America. I, uh, I, I don't believe in socialism. I kind of like the free market. I don't believe that we should kill babies after mm-hmm. they're born. Uh, I don't think we should take everybody's guns away and have police show up. I mean, listen to that. What a tree limb position that is. I don't believe we should kill babies after they're born. (laughs) What are you supposed to do with them? Whoa, you're out there on a limb. Whoa. Can you imagine, though? What would you be thinking? That's why you are seeing stories now saying that this is the end of the Democratic Party. If I was Al Sharpton, I'd be thinking.
3: We much, and we must, and we will much about that be
0: committed (laughs) (laughs) that sadly is a quote (laughs) exact quote thank you Pat from Pat Gray Unleashed you can uh, listen to his podcast uh, as he records it live every day before this program or you can listen to it wherever you find uh, podcasts (sighs) alright our sponsor this half hour is Relief Factor (laughs) Uh, Paul Paul, Minnesota, um, he is 63. Um, he he hits the ball, uh, slow-pitch softball, and he runs for first. A month ago, Paul wouldn't have been able to do this. He had overwhelming knee pain, and Paul's day of playing softball seemed to be winding down to a close. And I mean, he really loves to play this, and he wasn't going to be able to play again. Then a funny thing happened. Paul heard about Relief Factor, decided, what well, do I have to lose? Within a couple of weeks, the knee pain had uh, had uh, uh, almost entirely gone away. It was almost entirely gone. It was gone enough to where he could run the bases again. He even uh, beat that uh, throw to first after hitting the, uh, hitting the hard grounder. Paul got his game back, got his life back, and when properly taken, Relief Factor might get your life back as well it relieves the inflammation that causes much of our pain 70% of the people who take it cost 19.95 70% of those who take it for 3 weeks and try their quick start find themselves like paul like me and so many others if you want a drug free natural way to ease your pain and get your life back go to relieffactor.com that's relieffactor.com
1: this is the glimbeck program
0: I want to play some um audio. This is um Jeffrey Younger. Uh he has a 7-year-old uh son, James. Jeffrey's ex-wife, the son's mother, has been talking the son into having a sex change. This went to court. Dad was like, "No, no, this is child abuse. No." The judge ruled in favor of the mother. Kid's going to have a sex change. Dad says, "Uh, no, I don't think so. Listen.
5: She had been putting him into timeouts and uh, saying things like the monsters only eat boys and some odd things like that. So when I heard this, I took it very seriously. He said, mommy tells me I'm a girl. Um, and I would ask him, you know, do you look like a girl? And he'd say, no, but mommy tells me I'm a girl. You know, he's never presented himself as a girl to me ever. Um, and he, in fact, with me, he violently rejects any female identity. He won't wear female clothes. He won't even wear boys' brief underwears because he says it's too much like girls' underwear. I consider this to be child abuse and the sexual mutilation of children on a, on an industrial scale. So it, it makes me feel terrible. Um, I can't believe that a mother would do this to her son. And I cannot believe that the state of Texas would allow it and sanction it but we have uh, clinics right here Alice. in Texas that do sex changes on children all the time. There are no limits to which I will go to protect my son. One of the one of the big problems that um, that I'm going to face eventually is in the state of Texas. Um, right now, the court's position is that all of this is medical child support. So I have to pay for him to go no to no you way. know uh, gay therapist who's teaching no him way. that he's a girl. I have to pay for the the hormone suppression of puberty which actually chemically castrates boys and prevents the growth of their sexual organs and if he goes on to a surgical transition that would be medical child support as well and i'd have to pay for that no way and the fa- simple fact jail. of the matter is you know parents owe their children at a very minimum not to harm them and i'm not paying for any of this i'm not going to participate in the abuse of my son in any way
0: this guy we have to get this guy on um he's in dallas Texas. If this is happening in Texas, can you imagine what it's like in the rest of the the rest of the country? This is abuse. Absolute total abuse. How is this standing? How are people in this country okay with this?
1: You're listening to Glenn.
0: I appreciate it. Let me tell you about um, um, America's Home for Home Loans. It's American financing. Right now, the rates are low. Prices are affordable. Uh, Your dream home could be within reach. Now is the time to make a 10-minute phone call where you can start a pre-approval process. If you want to buy a new home uh, or if you're looking for a consolidation loan, something that will take those high-interest credit cards and roll them into your mortgage without resetting your mortgage and getting those high-interest rates off of your plate and down into a reasonable loan now is the time to do it it's Americanfinancing.net. i've known these guys for a long long time uh, they're here to serve you they are family owned and operated and they've got you covered for uh, for loans coast to coast with america's home for home loans american Americanfinancing.net. AmericanFinancing.net.
1: of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenbeck Program.
0: Vanity Fair has a new article out and I, I, I just want to ask you, what does this headline make you believe? There is a definite hanky-panky going on. The fantastically profitable mystery of the Trump chaos trades. What does that say to you? What, what, what do you think this story is about? I mean, to me, it says, okay, here, people know
2: something's coming from Trump. He's causing intentional chaos and profiting, you know, from creating profits
0: for his friends. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, that's what it is. I want to uh, I want to read the story to you, tell you the story. It's not that at all, uh, but it looks like something is going on. But I don't know if this means anything. We have the guy who was the guy who went into the Pentagon, Uh, after the 9-11 attacks and tracked those mysterious trades and found that, yeah, that was a sovereign fund. Somebody dumped a lot of market, a lot of money into our market or pulled a lot of money, shorted our market and made a bunch of money on September 11th. It's happening again, but it doesn't seem to have anything to do with Donald Trump. I'll give you that story in one minute.
1: This is the Glenn Beck Program.
0: And the expert Kevin Freeman joins us uh, as well. Let me talk to you here about stepping into the future of online security. We talk about the unending list of ways that cybercriminals can go after your information. The list literally grows longer and longer every single day. Cybercrime has evolved and will continue to evolve. So it only stands to reason that companies committed to maintaining your security against cybercrime would evolve right alongside of it, right? Norton shines out as that company. They have now gone beyond the call of duty. We've talked about the Norton Secure VPN and the benefits that come with that, securing your Wi-Fi connection to help your online privacy. But now Norton has introduced Norton 360. With Norton 360, you get the VPN I've been talking about, plus real-time security for your devices and a password manager to securely manage manage all of your logins and passwords and a lot more. No one can prevent all cybercrime, but Norton 360 is a powerful ally for your cyber safety. Get up to 50% off your first year with your annual subscription at Norton.com slash Beck. 50% right now, limited time only. Norton.com slash Beck. Okay, here's the story from Vanity Fair. In the last 10 minutes of trading at the Chicago Mercantile Exchange on Friday, September 13th, someone got very lucky. That's when he or she, or a group of people, sold short 120,000 S&P E-minis, their electronically traded future contracts, linked to the Standard & Poor's 500 Stock Index. When the index was trading around 3,010, that's when this purchase came in to sell it short. The time was 3.50 p.m. in New York, and it was nearing midnight in Tehran. A few hours later, drones attacked a large swath of Saudi Arabia's oil infrastructure, choking off production in the country and sending oil prices soaring. By the time the CME opened for pre-trading Sunday night, the S&P index had fallen 30 points, giving that very fortunate trader or traders a quick $180 million in profit. Now, does that sound like something that Donald Trump or one of his people are doing and does that sound like the chaos he's creating it was not an isolated occurrence three days earlier in the last 10 minutes of trading someone bought eighty-two thousand and E minis when the index was trading at twenty-nine sixty-nine. it was nearly 4 a.m. on September 11th in Beijing where a few hours later the Chinese government announced that it would lift tariffs on a range of American made products as has been the typical reaction in the US stock markets as the trade war with China chugs on without any perceptible logic when the news about the potential resolution of you know seemed positive stock markets go up the news was viewed positively the S&P index moved swiftly on September 11th to 2996 up nearly 30 points That same day later, President Donald Trump said he would postpone the tariffs on some of the Chinese goods and the S&P moved even higher, up 47 points. The person that bought the 82,000 E-minis just before the market closed on September 11th uh, saw a saw a movement up uh, an E-mini contract worth fifty dollars. Uh, Just moving up 47 points is now worth 2350 that person or persons made 190 million. Now that sounds to me like that one was coming maybe from China, somebody that knew China, or they were just extremely lucky a week earlier. Three minutes before the CME closed on September 3rd, someone bought 55,000 e-mini contracts with the index at about 2906 around 9 p.m. New York, 9 a.m. Hong Kong. market started moving, kept rallying for six hours, then reaching 2936 around 2 p.m. Hong Kong, 2 a.m. New York. Carrie Lam. The Hong Kong leader announced that she would be withdrawing the con- controversial extradition bill that had been rolling the city in protest for months. Somebody there made $82 million. But then, somebody who bought 420,000 September E-minis in the last 30 minutes of trading on June 28th, that was 40% of the day's trading vol- volume. They made a trade that no one could ignore. President Trump was already in Osaka, Japan, 14 hours ahead of Chicago, on his way to a roughly hour-long meeting with uh, China's President uh, Xi. As part of the G20 summit, Saturday in Osaka, the market had closed, blah, blah, blah. Trump emerged from the meeting with Xi and announced that they had their intermittent trade talks were back on track. That person made a profit of $1.8 billion. When this happened on September 11th, um, a financial expert who now does a show on Blaze TV uh, was called in by the Pentagon and said, can you do the forensics on this? And he found that, indeed, somebody shorted the market uh, and it looked like it was a sovereign fund. Kevin Freeman was that guy. And he's on with us now. Hi, Kevin. Kevin, are you there?
6: I am Glenn. How are you doing?
0: I'm good. So this is this story is presented as if it is uh, Trump that is, you know, possibly uh, uh, involved here. But this looks like it it would be sovereign funds or investors that have inside information outside of the U.S. uh, and not about U.S. uh, movements on things. Are these? Is this just a string of coincidence, or does this look like a pattern to you that we should be looking into?
6: Well, there's no question; it's a pattern. Number one, number two, it is not President Trump. He wants to see the market go up every single day, all day, every day uh, during the period of his presidency. He has no no desire whatsoever to manipulate the market uh, during this. His trades would be noticed. There's no way he's he's behind it. But foreign governments. Are behind it. It's what I wrote in my book, Secret Weapon. It's what I talked about when you first uncovered my research from the Pentagon. It's what we've talked about on the show all the time. Foreign governments have interest in manipulating our market, or traders associated with foreign governments. They want to both profit, but they also want to destroy the American economic system.
0: So, is this the beginning? Is has this been going on forever? Because I mean, if I'm Tehran, and I'm really struggling for cash and I'm going to launch some things, I immediately short the markets uh, because I know it will affect, and that will just give me more money for whatever it is I'm trying to do.
6: Well, there's no question. In fact, um, Osama bin Laden was – Found to have manipulated the market prior to 9/11, and you know they dismissed it in the 9/11 Commission. But there are several collegiate university studies that came back afterwards and said, no, there was unusual trading activity in United Airlines and in reinsurance companies and so forth b- before 9/11. This is a path to profit if you don't mind manipulating, causing harm to people, and so forth. Of course, you—it's an old mob technique. You know, you take out insurance on a on a warehouse and then then you burn down the warehouse. So absolutely, it's a way to make money and it's a way to uh, manipulate the global system.
0: So what has stopped people from just making money like this in
6: the past? I mean, is is this something new that we're dealing with? No, it's not entirely new, but it certainly has ramped up recently and certainly with the Iranians. I mean, we gave... For example, during the Obama administration, we gave the Iranians something like $150 billion to play nice and be good and so mm-hmm. forth. Uh, but now they're desperate for capital. And under the Trump administration, we're, we're really locking down in a lot of areas. And so this is their way to lash back and to access capital.
0: So um, the, the market should know who's making these transactions, right? Can't we, can we – is there a way to track them?
6: No, you can do a lot of this in secret through dark pools and and other places. And keep in mind, we just assume that every trade is economic. That's something that we're born and bred into. So a trader says, well, somebody's trying to make money, this is economic. And so we assume that they're acting nice and and being legal and appropriate. It's not always the case. So what we say in the economic war room is what we see as a marketplace, our enemies view as a battle space. And there's no real way to uh, to track down some of these foreign trades. You, you can say they're unusual, where is it coming from, but there's no real way to trace and understand what happened in, in 2008, for example. We looked at the short selling on the banks, and you had to go through like seven layers before you found out where it came from, which was a sovereign wealth fund in the Middle East. It took – you know they were trades placed by traders, placed by uh, dart pools, placed by – you just keep going back until you finally found where it was. And it takes a while to do that uh, forensic analysis.
0: Are you concerned at all? We, you know we've talked on this program about the I think it's 50 trillion dollars that China has just printed, uh, and 24 of that uh, looks like it went to offshore accounts and uh, was invested in stocks, bonds, et cetera, et cetera here in the United States and in the West. That re- I mean that is a staggering amount of, of money that if somebody wants to collapse the market, You know, $20 trillion, $15 trillion uh, makes the market move dramatically, does it not?
6: Yeah, it would. You normally wouldn't be concerned because a, a major nation would realize that the blowback if you destroyed the global financial system would be so severe. The frightening thing to me is that China has, along with Russia, and other nations created virtually an alternative economic system that doesn't use the Western system at all. So they may not use the SWIFT transaction system, they've created their China payment system. They may not use the International Monetary Fund, they may use the Asia Development Bank. And so normally you'd say, well, no sane nation that's not collapsing would would, um, collapse the world economy because it would just damage them too much. But we're fast approaching the point where they may have an alternative system. If they wanted to pull the plug on the West, they could restart very quickly, and they would be winners from this. And this is something that's actually out in the literature. It's something they've talked about in unrestricted warfare, and it's also something that the Russians talked about uh, more than, uh, well, 20 years ago now.
0: Well, they, but they've also taken action steps on those. They're both stockpiling gold. Um, and they uh, both have negotiated with Saudi Arabia to get off of the petrodollar. Uh, and so they've they've already taken those steps to to show us that they are moving towards getting away from the Western standards. Absolutely correct. 100%. Okay. And it never makes me feel good when I talk to you, Kevin. Uh, I mean, I always am glad because I know you know these things, but... I guess there's part of me that's like I don't I don't know if I really want to know these things. What should we be looking for, Kevin?
6: Well, one one of the signs are would be. Um, An issue that we're dealing with is the thrift savings plan, where the Chinese are still seeking to access Western capital. And so in the thrift savings plan of the United States, which is all of our pensioners and retirees and veterans and so forth, that's going to be invested in the MSCI International Index, which is heavily weighted to China, much against the patriotic uh, veteran who doesn't want his money going into Chinese stocks. As long as they continue to access Western capital, uh, they're probably not pulling the plug yet. They're just preparing for it. And, and that that is a massive push to take billions and billions of dollars from our thrift savings plan and put it into uh, Chinese companies. It will be very painful when they switch over. Um, It will be more painful for us than them if they succeed. Their economy, unfortunately, or fortunately for us, their economy is not the powerhouse juggernaut that it once was. They're struggling. And President Trump, as the first president in my lifetime, actually stood up to the Chinese. So this is a war, and we're finally beginning to recognize it. There's no other signal we need to realize that they're fighting an economic war against us. We've seen everything we need to see, and what you're mentioning here about uh, a currency that they're push, pushing around the world to the tune of trillions just boggles my mind. So, Kevin,
0: I've got to I've got to take a break, and I want to hold you. If you know an answer to this question, um, do you have any idea what is causing the banks to have to be, you know, get those loans every night from the Fed? Do you have any idea?
6: Yeah, it's just extreme stresses on the system. Okay, okay, okay. What the cause?
0: Yeah. Okay, you don't know what the cause is. Okay, hang on, hang on, just a second. Kevin Freeman, he's with Blaze TV. He does Economic War Room. This guy is—I mean, he's trusted by the Pentagon and everybody else. This guy knows uh, his stuff. Uh, Well worth listening to him and watching his show on Blaze TV something almost magical about the act of going to sleep. Uh, yeah, I mean, when it's good sleep, there's, there's nothing that makes me happier. I really think I've cracked the code of sleep, at least for me. And it is so great. And one of the keys has been the right pillow. Uh, I am, I am not a guy that thought I would like the, um, the, uh, my pillow. I really didn't think I would like it because it's, I don't even know what's in it. I don't I don't know how this damn pillow works. But you fluff it once and I really have always liked the down pillows. But this is totally different and I love it. You fluff it once and it is like that when you wake up in the morning. It is I It's like magic. I don't know what it is, but I I love Mike Lindell for coming up with it. MyPillow.com. MyPillow.com. Click on the new radio listener specials. You're going to get buy one pillow, get one free. You get discounts on all of the other uh, things that they sell. It is MyPillow.com. Enter the promo code BECK after you click on new radio listener specials. Promo code BECK. Don't forget that. Buy one, get one free for the pillows. MyPillow.com. We break for 10 seconds. Station ID. So um Kevin Freeman is with us from the economic war room and I've I've been telling you about this this thing that has not happened uh really since two thousand eight. Uh, And it's really complex, and let me just summarize it this way. The banks have been having extra stress, and at night uh, they've been going to the Fed to get these gigantic loans to be able to uh, meet all of the regulations. It's very unusual uh, on what is happening. And we're talking about, I think it was as high as 215 trillion billion 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 dollars um 215 billion dollars a night for a while and it's it's happening again nobody knows what this is what is causing this but how concerning is it to you kevin
6: well, it's very concerning, and it's becoming increasingly so. Initially, they told us that it was having to do with tax payments and so forth, very temporary. But it's expanded. It's gone from an average $20 billion to an average $60 billion a night. And then a J.P. Morgan uh, fixed income analyst just wrote that with year-end coming up, this is all likely to get much worse, in our view, before it gets any better. This is a sign of stress on the economic system. Right, so- that-
0: But what is the stress? Is it possible that the stress is the government is spending so much money and somebody has to buy those bonds and they're kind of being strong armed and they don't have the money for
6: the bond? What is what? Well, that'd be a crowding out theory. You know, we are clearly when we're having to um, spend one point two trillion dollars beyond what we're taking in, which is a huge percentage. There are all kinds of stresses globally when you add the trade war, when you add you know the the need to keep the stock market high, we have uh, negative interest rates around the world, all of those things. It is such a big pile of mess it's hard to understand how people don't see uh, potential tragedy around the corner, and yet we've been drugged into this uh, lull. And, yeah. and the Fed is drugging us even further mm-hmm. uh, with these overnight repo. It, the market's not able to clear itself.
0: I haven't seen the news today on Brexit. I don't even know if the news even matters at this point. But if they do get out, are you worried about that dislocation?
6: Well, everything is a dislocation, but they just keep covering it over. The problem is when the central banks are no longer able to solve the problem, and then they have to be bailed out, who bails them out? And that's where we're almost to that point. And that's a Jim Rickards uh, argument is, you know, the last tragic happening is when the central banks fail.
0: Well, that's why Norway, I think it was Norway, the central bank said, it's time to get back into gold because there's a reset coming. It's like, "Um, how come nobody's talking about that? That's a central bank saying something that is very, very different than everybody
6: else. Absolutely. John Maldon has been talking about the great reset from the 2020s, and that's something that we'll have to face. And that—that that is when you have these massive dislocations, when people are paying people to borrow money, that's a signal there's a problem. Yeah. And we have that $17 trillion or something around the world is at negative interest rates.
0: Kevin, thank you so much. Appreciate it. And Kevin uh, Freeman, he is with the Economic War Room. You can follow it at economicwarroom.com. Uh, you can uh, you can also watch the show on Blaze TV. Uh, it, is, uh, it is something that if you are concerned about the economy and you want to know what things mean, this guy is the best at describing it and telling you what's going on. It's Kevin Freeman, Economic War Room. You can find it on Blaze TV. Yet another show that you uh, that you get uh, if you're a subscriber. Join us at blazetv.com/slash glen. Use the promo code glen, and you're going to save ten uh, percent. Economic War Room, blazetv.com/slash glen. Promo code glen. Back in just a minute. Hm. Boy, is this... Okay, so... Uh,
1: You're listening to Glenn
0: Beck. This is a nice coincidence here. Uh, let me give you the cold hard truth. Uh, there's trouble coming. And maybe you should do your own homework because of a reset and consider gold or silver. One eight six six gold line is the number I would call. If you listened to this last half hour and you thought, ah, yeah, There's something to that. You might want to spit yourself out of the system, and the way to do that is to have something in hard gold or silver. Now, you might think you're not able to afford gold. That's not true. I asked them specifically, and I think they're the only ones that do this, specifically to do an accumulation special. Now, this is not you getting in debt. This is you uh, doing—it's like a layaway— a hundred dollars a month and you send a hundred dollars a month and they just keep building your gold portfolio nobody else does that accumulation special get started for as low as a hundred dollars a month please find out if gold or silver is right for you please batten down the hatches 1866 goldline 1866 gold line get started for as little as a hundred dollars a month 1866 goldline or goldline.com. So
2: we have the most central piece of how Elizabeth Warren is going to pay for all her plans, the wealth tax. Is it constitutional? We answer that question coming up next.
0: Okay, so we've been hearing a lot about wealth tax, and I don't even think most people even know what a wealth tax is. And they stop listening because it's only going to affect, they say, only going to affect those people making, you know, or have a billion dollars or more. Uh, But it's going to be a tax on everything they own. So their art, the the money they gave to their kids, uh, you know, uh, all of it, all of it. And so uh, it doesn't seem to be constitutional at all, but everybody is loving it because it doesn't affect them. And it's going to raise all this money, but it's unconstitutional. Uh, Kyle Salmon is the senior contributor for The Federalist. Uh, He has a podcast. He's a co-host of Conservative Minds. Welcome to the program, Kyle. How are you?
7: Good. Uh, thanks for having me on, Glenn.
0: You bet. Um, so you wrote a very good article in the Federalist about why Elizabeth Warren's wealth tax is completely unconstitutional. But can you can you f- can you explain it in simple layman's terms uh, why and what a direct tax is? Uh, you know, just kind of break this down for us.
7: Sure. Um, <clears throat> and the distinction, I mean, between direct tax and indirect tax is one that doesn't come up very much, but It was something discussed at the Constitutional Convention, because the Founding Fathers, the the government they were living under, the Articles of Confederation, did not have the power to tax. They had to just ask the states for money and hope they got it. So a lot of times they didn't get it, because the states didn't want to pay it. So when they wrote the Constitution, they thought, well, okay, we need to be able to tax directly so Congress can levy a tax and we can pay for the Army and the Navy and everything else we need to pay for but they didn't want to give them too much power to tax. They didn't want them to overwhelm the states and take away all of the people's money and 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 put themselves in a the worse situation. So they they split the difference and said that Congress could tax, but they couldn't do any direct tax unless it would be apportioned by population. So, what does that mean? Uh, at the Constitutional Convention, Rufus King of Massachusetts asked, "What is the precise meaning of direct tax?" And according to Madison's notes. Nobody answered, and they moved on. So we didn't... <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, good.
7: So, so even in the beginning, it was sort of a compromise language. But as they as we moved on, it kind of took on the idea that a tax on people or property is a direct tax. A tax on sales or imports is an indirect tax. So Congress always has taxed imports or had the had the ability to tax imports. I, I mean, that's that's tariffs, and we've had that since the beginning. And mm-hmm. the uh, you know Alexander Hamilton came up with the whiskey tax, which caused a little stir in the West, but it was definitely constitutional because it was a tax on on the sale of of whiskey. Dang. But they could not tax property directly was the idea, um, unless they apportioned that tax among the states so that each state paid its share according to population not according to property. Effectively, this made property taxes impossible because it wouldn't make any sense. Um, what Why? If you had two states that had the same population, say, um, but one of them was rich and one of them was poor, they'd both have to pay the same amount of property tax to the government.
0: But Mm. what it would
7: effectively mean is that each poor person in the poorer state had to pay the same amount as the rich people in the richer state,
0: which is
7: sort of the opposite of how taxes, even in those days, were meant to go.
0: So it had to be apportioned by the state, meaning... California and South Dakota would pay the exact same rate, and uh, as a state, yes. But it, but if if one was California that had all the rich people there, and South Dakota had none of the rich people there, they're screwed.
7: Yeah, and that's why Congress never really imposed a tax like that because okay. it would have made no sense, and everyone would have been angry. So, we that worked for about a hundred years, and then we get down to the first permanent income tax getting imposed in the 1890s and people said hey isn't this the same thing you know you're taxing income that's a direct tax and the supreme court agreed and they said you have to apportion this which basically meant they were going to repeal it because of the same problems then we passed the the 16th amendment a few decades later that says you can do direct taxes on income but all the other direct taxes are still not permitted unless they're apportioned
0: well what is the difference between my income uh, and my stuff.
7: Well, that that's what the court said in, in, in Pollock, the case that struck down the uh, the unapportioned income tax in the 1890s, because they said, look, if you have property and we can't tax that directly, now you get income from that property and we can. It doesn't make sense. It's the same thing. Right. Right, where you can't tax a person directly, but you can tax his income? That doesn't make sense. Right. So that's what that was struck down, and it's only legal now because of the 16th Amendment, which carved out this one part of direct taxation
0: and left everything else closed. So it's only about income tax. And right. they had to change the constitution to make it that direct tax could only be income.
7: Right. And it's it's pretty broad. It's income on you know, any kind of income you get, they can tax and they do. But it's gotta be income, it can't be just property. And that's why there is no federal property tax. I mean we have you know, in your state or your township or whatever, your school district, you might pay a property tax. But there's no federal property tax, and this is the reason: because it, you know, without going through these weird math computations to make it fit the Constitution, it's not Constitution.
0: So, how is Elizabeth Warren? I mean, besides getting away with it with the American people because they just don't know, uh, how is she planning on pulling this off?
7: She hasn't had a good answer for that. I mean, that's that's kind of. uh, John Delaney brought it up in the last debate that he was allowed to participate in, and they kind of just moved on from it, but he raises a very good point. This is something that, you know, we've had 100-plus years of, of direct tax jurisprudence that says you, you can't just tax property directly. The one thing that, I, I mean, one thing that's kind of confused the issue is in the Obamacare case. We, rem- You remember that, you know, the, they struck down the... Uh, the insurance mandate, but said it could survive as a tax. Mm-hmm. And in the dissent, uh, Justice Scalia brought up this direct tax question and so said, "Wait a minute! If you're if you're saying this is a tax, this is a tax on the person not having insurance. That sounds a lot like a direct tax, not an indirect tax." And Justice Roberts kind of shrugged this off and said, "It's." He listed a bunch of direct taxes that existed in the 1790s, the first time the court looked at this, and said, "It's not one of these, so it can't be a direct tax." But wow it's sort of a backward reasoning because of course it's not one of those they didn't have they didn't even have health insurance in the 1790s <laughs> right so no right not having health insurance right so that kind of muddied the waters a little bit and perhaps Warren thinks she could you know if if the democrats succeed in court packing just you know
0: so tell me the tell me the ramifications because people is like, people with a billion dollars they have it they won't miss it tell me the ramifications of it
7: well, I mean that's that's part of it too. It's not just the billionaires. It's um it actually starts at if you have 50 million, which is still it's more than I'll ever have, but it's, you know, it's a lot closer. And the problem is that's a Warren tax. She said it's 2%, it's on the only the very rich are going to pay it, you know, who cares, right? But that's exactly even down to the percent what they said about the income tax in 1895. Yep. They said it was a 2% tax and it was only on people making four thousand dollars a year or more which in today's money is about a hundred and sixteen thousand you know it was less than one percent of the population
0: and they so said if i remember if i remember right, they said it would never go above seven percent and right. it would never be paid by anybody but the uber rich
7: yeah this was just a rich man's tax you know right. and then people got behind it they said well yeah look at these guys this guy owns a hundred factories he can pay two percent right but it ne- it's never it never stops at that. Once they get access to a new form of taxation, it always creeps in and goes more. And especially because of something like a wealth tax, um, and uh, Lawrence Summers, Clinton's Treasury Secretary, brought this up more than once in response to Warren's plans. It's not going to take in as much money as she thinks. It's uh, people. They've tried it in Europe over the decades, and it it never brings in as much because people hide their their stuff. Or then you have things that like. The things that regular folks own, you know how much they're worth, you know. But the things that rich people own are sometimes hard to value. And then that what that turns into is just a, an audit every year, because this is an annual tax where she wants 2% every year of all your stuff.
0: Which, doesn't that over time just, delete, uh, just deplete your stuff?
7: Yeah, I mean, it means you have to earn 2% on all of your investments just to keep them. And some things aren't owned as investments. I mean, sometimes you might... You know, people own a house. It might not go up 2% every year. I think most don't. You know, but you don't own it necessarily for an investment. You don't it because it's the place you live. You know, or other things, you know. I mean, things you you know, art. It can be an investment, but that market is very up and down. And art collectors don't always buy because they want appreciation. They buy because they think it's beautiful and they want it on their house. Hmm. So keeping, yeah, This this basically says if you don't earn 2%, on these investments every year, in a way that you can pay to the government, like you earn two percent cash, really, because if you, you know, if your house goes up two percent, it doesn't mean you have that two percent. It's yeah, have you, have have the, you, you have
0: to have the you have to have the two percent in cash, which yeah. might require you selling an asset to be able to hit that.
7: Right. So it's it's a very and then, you know, I mean we have, we have estate taxes where all that's go on for years on these big estate taxes. I, I mean, I. I began my legal career as a trust and estates attorney. And there's a whole lot that goes into those. And they only happen once a generation. This would happen every single year.
0: Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. All right, Kyle, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Um, All right. Thank you. You bet. We wanted to have him on. Uh, he's podcast host, conservative minds. Wanted to have him on because he took this very complex thing and, and made it pretty simple in the federalist. Uh, and there's just no way to do it. And the ramifications of stuff like this, It fundamentally changes if they can get away with this like Obamacare if they can get away with this if they can start to say no we can have direct taxes like this they're going to go after everything because they have to they have to if they are wanting to spend an extra 50 billion a trillion to a hundred trillion dollars in the next 10 years they have to have access to everybody's stuff it's still not gonna be enough. No, it's still not. But I mean they're talking about if you think that
2: it starts at fifty million and it stays at fifty million, you're nuts. It's it's gonna be do you have fifty thousand in your bank account? Well then we need a percentage of that too. And you I know, mean, what do you have how much what about your stocks? What about your retirement funds? You don't you're going to come after uh, all of that.
0: You don't own anything. You don't own anything. That's goes against everything this country has stood for. You see those signs on uh, shipping containers, ones that say, precious cargo on board? Your house is like one of those shipping containers, and the cargo on board is the most precious thing there is. You and your family, their safety, yours, should be the number one priority in your life, and it probably is. So why not avail yourself to the best money can buy in terms of state-of-the-art technology and first-rate customer service with Safe? Simply Safe has garnered a well-earned reputation in the home security business for their contracts— they don't have any. Who doesn't love that except the attorneys? They have no-nonsense approach. The equipment is top of the line, uh, the most invisible, and it's 15 bucks a month to cover every vulnerable area and have somebody watching it for you. Keep your precious cargo safe. Give Simply Safe a call today. Just go to Simplysafebeck.com. Huge deal going on now at Simplysafebeck.com. Free HD security camera when you order it's a hundred dollar value. You'll have eyes on your home 24-7. Video evidence if somebody tries to get in. Get your free HD security camera now at SimplySafeBeck.com. That's simplysafeck.com. You're
1: listening to Glenn Beck.
0: So we are on the verge of a a totally different country. Um, We're on the verge of of losing our country to socialist Marxist radicals. That's what they are. That's what Elizabeth Warren is. She is a socialist Marxist, socialist Democrat radical. She's not radical enough for the likes of uh, OAC. And you saw with um, Ocasio-Cortez endorsing Bernie Sanders at this point. Why would you do that? Because she wants to pick up the mantle of Bernie Sanders. She wants to be the Marxist in charge when Bernie Sanders passes the torch Uh, and and not Elizabeth Warren because she's still too Democrat for AOC and the squad so this is a hostile takeover of the Democratic Party. And depending on who wins in the in 2020, you're going to see a very different Democratic Party. And one that will go for all of it, all of your taxes, all of the, the whole ball of wax. Seattle is doing that. One of you know, one the cities all on the West Coast, they're all doing it. Portland's doing it. California's doing it. San Francisco's doing it. Seattle now is pushing for a Seattle city tax. They just, they just passed a, uh, an oil, a heating oil tax, just in time for the winter. They've already done the $15 minimum wage. It's already killing uh, Seattle businesses. Now you want to put a city tax on your, uh, on your people, uh, an income tax. If that's what Seattle wants to do, I'm fine with it. I don't live in Seattle. I'd love to, but I choose not to because it's insane. But when Seattle collapses like San Francisco and it becomes absolutely unlivable, don't come crawling to me. Don't ask me in Texas to bail you out. What you're doing in Seattle is insane. Now, you're doing it and you're getting away with it longer because you have Amazon, you have Microsoft, you have these deep, deep pockets you can rape all the time. Go for it. They love being raped, apparently. Go for it. But when the money runs out and you have an unworkable city because you've done everything that the rest of America says is insane, we're not going to bail you out. And that should be said from, from the Oval Office, if this is the deal, we're compassionate people. But when you don't learn from your lessons over and over and over and over again, we don't have a responsibility to bail you out. I mean, you hate Christians, but Christians will be the ones who will actually go up and make sure that you have food and water and shelter. But not the federal government, not my tax dollars. I live in Texas, and until they screw up Texas, which they're about to do, until they screw up Texas, I'm sorry. I have nothing to do with your crazy policies And I don't want the federal government bailing you out because the federal government is taking money from me and Utah and South Dakota and South Carolina and sending it to you? No, thank you.
1: You're listening to Glenn Beck.
0: You know, I, I'm, I'm listening to this news, and I was so glad she started with some good news of the day. And uh, I was thinking about how uh, that which you gaze upon you seconds. become. And looking at this garbage every day is so hard, you know. But we, we have to find uh, the good news. We have to find the, the positive in life. And I want to talk to you a little bit about happiness with Max Lucato. Um, I heard somebody, somebody said to me the other day, I said, how are you? And their answer was the best answer I have ever heard. And it made me reevaluate everything, everything. And I want to share that with you. And we have Max Lucato on. He's got a book, How Happiness Happens. Let's uh, Let's find out how it happens and do more of that in a minute.
1: of entertainment and enlightenment.
0: So how are you? Somebody asked me that question and and I said, fine. And they, I said, how are you? And they gave me the best answer I've ever heard. And it totally reframed everything. It made me think, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's absolutely right. When surveyed, only 35% in America say they are happy. That's not good. By some estimates, clinical depression is 10 times more rampant than it was a century ago ago. Depression is going to become the second leading cause of disease worldwide. What's happening to us? And how do we fix it? Max Lucado... In one minute.
1: This is the Glenn Beck Program.
0: Okay, three things you can count on. Uh, life, death, taxes, and at some point your car is going to... Wait a minute, that's four. Okay, four things you can count on. Life, death, taxes, and your car is going to break down. Don't blame me, I didn't make the rule. It's just that's true, and you know it. The thought of your car breaking down, uh, there's never a good time. It's never like, oh, my car broke down at exactly the right time because I have all this money that I don't care if I flush down the toilet. You just want it to work. Just work. Even if it's working poorly, just keep working, please. This is why you have Carshield. That's why I have Carshield. You should have Carshield. Carshield has affordable protection plans that can save you thousands of dollars for a covered repair, including the computer and the GPS and the electronics, all that crap that you can't fix. You also get to choose your plan. your favorite mechanic or your dealership can do the work. you don't wait for the check and then pay you know to reimburse what you've just paid them. Carshield pays the you know, dealership or the car mechanic directly. It takes care of all of it, plus 24/7 roadside assistant and rental car while yours is being fixed for free. Car Shield, be prepared. Car Shield 1-800-CAR6000. Mention the promo code Beck or go to CarShield.com and use the promo code Beck, and you're going to save 10%. CarShield.com promo code Beck one 800 6000 Car Shield or CarShield.com. Deductibles may apply. A man who has truly changed millions of people's lives, Max Lucado, joins us now. He is New York Times multi-time best-selling author. Uh, he has a new book out, How Happiness Happens. We talked to him a couple of weeks ago for a few minutes, and I wanted him back because he's on to something. And I think this is the biggest problem that we face in the world today is a lack of finding happiness. Uh, and, and Max, somebody, somebody said to me uh, the other day, uh, when I said how are you, they said I am fantastic, and I said really, and they said yeah, you know, nothing in my life is is has gone wrong today, and nothing. My family is doing pretty good. I mean, we still have our problems, but it's pretty good. My business is pretty good. My health is pretty good, and so you would think that he was going to say so. How are you? Pretty good. He's like. If everything is just kind of like status quo, I should celebrate because one of those things is going to go wrong. This is the best time I've had in a long time. I'm fantastic. <laughs> we, we, what a different that's perspective.
8: A great, that's a great perspective. It is. So,
0: so many times
8: I think we uh, sacrifice our happiness on the altar of high expectations. Yes. You know that everything has to be just perfect. Right. Uh, everybody has to agree with us. The traffic has to be just right and we entered the day with such high expectations and high expectations can be the enemy of gratitude it It can cause us to not be grateful for the very many good things that are happening in our lives
0: and you know when you when you look at it differently because I started thinking about that, and I thought, okay, well, my son is struggling in school I have I have other family members that are battling with depression. Uh, one, is about to go in for brain surgery, and one was just diagnosed with epilepsy. And those are my those are my kids. And I was like, oh, my. you know what? But, but you know what, Max? I thought, but you know what? We all get along. We're all having really good time in our relationship. Yeah, those things are those things are happening. But we're really fantastic. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. And, and, and really, perspective matters
8: the most, doesn't it, Glenn? It does. I mean, any, anybody can find reason on any day to be downcast and, and down-spirited, and then that, that um, we run into that person who has so f- much less than we do. Just like last night, I, I, was, I was a little bit cranky. My wife and I took my granddaughter out to a, a, a restaurant, and the guy who was serving us dinner was just, you'd have thought he, I don't know, he he was a Super Bowl winner. Mm-hmm. He was just so happy to be mm-hmm. there, so happy to be there. And I thought, and he and I are about the same age. You know, I'm in my mid-60s, and, and I thought, would I be that happy? Would I be that happy uh, to to be working as hard as he is, and he loves his work, and, uh, and here I was uh, sitting in a restaurant that's very – uh, affordable for me, but for most people in the, you know, billion people and billions of people in the world, they could not afford it. Uh, it, it you know, it, it was a perspective just a wake mm-hmm. up. call. come on, Locato. Be grateful. Don't let your don't let your day be sucked out to joy. I mean, sucked out to sea. don't let your joy be sucked out to sea by just a rotten, rotten perspective. And and my point in the book, Glenn, we're paying a high price for this. We are. Um where where there's a lack of happiness, there is uh an abundance of health issues. Uh happier people have healthier marriages. Happier people make more money. Happier people are more common and commonly and quickly promoted. And so, really, the pursuit of happiness is, is more than a phrase in our founding documents. Uh, but it's a but it's a, a moral obligation that we have to those around us. We're better people when we're happy.
0: So there's there's several things that come to the top of mind on what is causing us to have this lack of of happiness. Um, and can we just tick some of them off and and tell me you know w- what role these these play but I, I think of um, you know being self absorbed and 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 absorbed in your problems and not mm-hmm. seeing your problems as as blessings i mean my father taught me um, you know uh, long story short he taught me that there is no real bad that happens to you it's only how you relate to it that makes it bad Good point. um Good point. and when you when you have trust that there is something above you bigger and there is no such thing as a coincidence and that it's going to be okay in the long run. You Mm -hmm. don't get that job. This thing doesn't happen. It doesn't destroy you. Your kids get sick. It doesn't destroy you because you know, it's all going to be right. It's going to take me to the place I'm supposed to be. Mm -hmm. How much of that has been lost now because of our faith?
8: That's huge. That's just huge. You know, the $2 term for that in theology is sovereignty. Sovereignty It's the belief that, and, and I remember a professor told me once that the understanding of sovereign is found in the word itself, R-E-I-G-N, reign, sovereignty. Uh, you know, sovereignty is the belief that there is a king. There is a king, somebody who reigns over the affairs of our lives. And um, I just... Boy, I just—I don't mean to sound like a old religious, stiff neck person. I'm not, but I do believe that secularism is taking its toll on our day. Uh, when we raise up a, a generation of people that are taught uh, that prayer is bad, it's not permissible, it's not something we turn to, it's not a go to response. Uh, and when we—and when we uh, when it when it's it's unpopular to, to be a person of faith and our role models deride faith. Uh, We're going to pay a price for that. I think Glenn and, and, and as a result, uh, people don't know where to turn. They think, they think that the, that, that all of life is, is wind on a, you know, on a, on a windmill, you know, or Mm -hmm. a weather vane. It's just, however, the wind kind of blows and some people are lucky. Some people aren't. And, and that leads to a, a, just a, Gloomy, sad, small view of life. It's Whereas a- what your father taught you, that there's a there's a being in charge, and this being really does care for our well-being. We can we don't have to all agree on the nature of that being, how even to access that being, uh, how that being has revealed, uh, has been revealed to us. But what's essential is the belief that there's somebody in the cockpit. And somebody's in charge of getting us to where we're supposed to go.
0: You know, it's amazing because so many people who are atheists, um, some of them are real militant, just like some Christians are real militant, um, but they'll, they'll, it bothers them that you believe in God. And I've, I've had conversations with people, and I've said, why does that bother you? If it makes me happy and makes me a better person, makes me a better father, makes me a better citizen, and it works for me, I'm not trying to jam it down your throat. Why is this such a bad thing? Even if there is no there is no man in the sky, fine. This belief made me into a much better person. Uh, and I don't know why our society doesn't look at people who practice their faith, not who claim, but people who practice their faith. They are happier on the whole. Yeah, they are. I think you're making such a
8: great point on oh, every comment you've made there. We could, you know, but what you were saying there: those who practice their faith, uh, those who, those who claim to have a faith, but don't practice it. Uh, it that's always been the challenge, right? Uh, uh, even the teachings of Jesus, his hardest words were reserved for those hypocrites who like to stand out on the street corner and pray loud prayers just so they'll be heard. I mean, if that's a turn off to Christ, it's going to be a turn off to us. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and that we, we pay a high price for that. But there is in our country such a massive population group that would say, my faith has made me a better person, made me a better wife, a better husband. Uh, that they are a resounding chorus to the to the power of a heartfelt and and genuine faith. You're absolutely right.
0: So it makes us better people. Max, let me. I'm going to take a one minute break, and then we come back and and let me talk about those people because are they? The numbers seem to say that they are disappearing. That they are, yeah. are more and more people are saying now. Nah, I don't really believe in anything, um, and and I think they are critical. I've said just the other day, if we don't turn our face back to God beg for forgiveness and ask for his help and humble ourselves, we are toast. And yeah. uh, that's that's nobody in mainstream media is, is saying that kind of stuff. They deem that crazy. And I'm wondering if these people are just quiet right now or if it mm-hmm. is actually dwindling, uh, as as people say it is. Max Lucado, uh, when we come back, the name of the book is How Happiness Happens, and we're going to get into that uh He outlines things that you can do, and studies show you do these things, and it actually helps. Uh, Happiness. We go back to him in one minute. Stand by. Imagine you're in a coffee shop. you know, not an actual coffee shop, but I mean one of those places that charges you $10 for something that you are like, "Well, I don't even know what I just said to you, but... Uh, now imagine, as soon as they set down your coffee before they can even call your name, somebody comes along, claims to be you and takes your $10 coffee. Multiple syllables and all just takes it from you. That's when identity theft uh, becomes personal. Your wait, that's my coffee. But this is what identity theft is all the time that you don't pay attention. Somebody is coming in and taking your claiming to be you and taking your stuff. It keeps you informed with LifeLock if and when somebody is trying to get a hold or sell your information online. Nobody can protect all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. LifeLock sees a threat that you might miss on your own. If you act now, you can save 10% on your first year if you use the promo code BECK. It's 1-800-LIFELOCK or visit LifeLock.com. Use the promo code BECK and save 10% off your first year at LifeLock.com. We break for 10 seconds. Station ID. All right. uh, Max Lucado is here. And uh, one of the reasons why I'm having him on, I'm just being transparent, is he's friends with Chip and Joanna Gaines. And they're my favorites. (laughs) And I'm a huge fan. And if you ever just want to... pass my name out there and say, gee, you know, I have a friend and he'd love to have dinner with you guys. Feel free, Max. I'm just saying, feel free. Um, those, those two people, if you watch Chip and Joanna, they have a, what seems to be, a happy family because they seem to have fun with each other. They laugh, they love each other, they support each other. In your book, you talk about how it's got to be a five to one ratio, positive to negative. Are you there, Max? Yes. yes okay. Yes, and you talk yes. about how you have to have, mm-hmm. you know, you have to have more positive, uh, yeah, going out yeah. than negative talk about mm-hmm. families and relationships.
8: Yeah. Yeah. You're right about Chip and Joanna. They're just splendid people. I, I wish I knew them better, but I, I know Chip better than I know Joanna. So, you,
0: and, uh, I mean, you know Chip enough to say, hey, you should get together with my friend Glenn, right? I'll do it. I'll do
8: it. I'll <laughs> do it right now. Okay.
0: All right. Anyway, Max, go ahead.
8: <laughs> uh, you, you know, this whole issue of happiness, the, the big idea is that we, we, find, we can find happiness by making other people happy. That's that's really the, what we cherish about people who have a genuine happiness. They, they haven't found it because they won the lottery. They haven't found it because they found a pot of gold at the end of a rainbow. They found it because they discovered that the secret to happiness is, is making other people happy. Mm-hmm. And, and you cited some really fascinating research, and that is that healthy, happy marriages have a five-to-one ratio of encouraging words uh, over negative wounds, uh, negative words. Uh, the, the truth is, words can wound people. Words can bless people. Some people's words are like water on an oak tree. Some people's words are are like a poison or, or some type of toxicity on an oak tree. And um, and so, what what I urge people in this book is look at the ways that you can make other people happy, because you you set out today to make five or 10 people happy. You just set out today to, to give them words of encouragement, to bless them, to compliment them. And you'll be amazed how the, the clouds part in your own sky. And, uh, and it really will, you really will find that it's more blessed to give than it is to receive.
0: You know, that sounds like such, you know, dime store, um, uh, yeah advice too simple right but it is true i am convinced max that you know we are arguing so much about how bad things are and our past and everything else if we just said you know what let's put that on the table for a while let's put that on back burner for a while there are 50 million slaves right now enslaved in the world let's let's work together to get those people out of bondage I think yeah. we would forget about all of our problems quickly, yeah. and the people yeah. we thought we were, you know, enemies with, would soon become our friends because we were not focused on us.
8: Mm-hmm. That is absolutely the truth, and and that's a, that's a biblical truth, and it's increasingly being borne out by uh, by research. In in the first chapter of the book, I talk about what I thought was really a fascinating piece of research. In which, um, in which volunteers uh, were, uh, were, were attached to an MRI scanner, and they were asked to imagine, uh, Glenn, not even do, but just to imagine doing good things for other people. And when they imagined it, that part of our brain that is called the pleasure center just lit up like Christmas trees. And, and just a thought of doing something good for somebody generated the same uh, response that a good meal or a hobby uh, or a beautiful walk on you know in the in, in, in on a trail on a blue blue sky day it, it generated that level of happiness so the point is you don't have to change your circumstances to find happiness that's the big lie mm-hmm. and that is if I can get my circumstances right then I'll be happy all we need to do is, Go from the posture of everybody take care of me to the posture of I'm going to try to serve other people. Uh, I heard a speaker, actually, I did, my wife heard a speaker just over the weekend uh, bemoan what you were talking about, and that is the, the decrease in, in church attendance. And I'd love to explore that with you. It's, it's a disturbing fact. And he said, I wonder how much of that is the fact that we live in a society. Where if your coffee isn't exactly the way you want it, you walk it back up to the counter, and they'll make you a brand new one and give you an apology. Or if your pizza's not the way you want it, they'll, they'll send a team to your house and, and bring you a new pizza. And he said, I wonder if, if we've created an attitude in, in churches of all sorts that uh, if you don't like the temperature or the song or something the preacher said, then you know it needs to be fixed to serve me it's 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 a it's a consumer mindset uh, that that is taken into churches and consequently no church is perfect, especially mine. <laughs> mm. And so people are saying well they're not they're not meeting my expectations and uh and and as a result, the attendance is at an all time low.
0: I would like to actually explore that uh, <clears throat> let me take a break here, but i before we do, let me just throw this out. My son uh, said to me, Sunday morning we we're getting up have to go to church and he said dad why do we have to go to church I'm so tired why do we have to go to church and I said because we have to say thank you for all the things that have gone right this week and all the blessings that we have we have a lot to be grateful for and I I I, I wonder if we have forgotten that this isn't our time to have things made right for us this is our time to go with gratitude and to hear what he's trying to tell us okay here's what you do next i don't know if we we have that attitude back in just a second with max Lucato.
1: you're listening to glenn beck
0: all right i want to talk to you a, a little bit about relief factor uh paul in minnesota he's 63 um man he He loves to play softball, and he was running around the bases, and he thought, this is the last time I'm going to be able to do it. I can't do it anymore. My knees hurt so bad, and it killed him to give it up. Well, he started taking relief factor. Guess where Paul is? Paul's back on the softball diamond. Paul is back running around the bases because Paul can. Relief factor I don't know how they do it it's a drug that was made by I think four different doctors and it reduces the inflammation that causes the pain and I I'm telling you I have met so many people that had significant pain where you can't go play softball you can't play golf like you know I couldn't hold a paintbrush another listener likes to write couldn't hold a pen or a pencil anymore relief factor gave them their life back gave me my life back please try it three week quick starts works for 70 percent of the people it's relieffactor.com relieffactor.com call 800-500-8384 you should probably join blaze tv.com use the promo
2: code glenn and save 10 bucks get your subscription and we have all the stuff on ukraine going on this week
0: Welcome back to the program. Max Lucato is uh, with us. He has a new book, How Happiness Happens, and uh, he has some steps that you can take. We can get to those here in just a second. I, I, I want to ask you, uh, Max, uh, the depression that is going on, especially with our kids, there's nothing. It, th- th- nothing seems real anymore. There's no real, real, true connection. It's virtual connections. There's, I mean, touch is important to people. Uh, You can't touch families are not, you know, all together the way they used to. How much of this virtual world is causing some of the depression that we are seeing now in youth? Yeah,
8: yeah, it's so disturbing, isn't it, Glenn? The statistics are so, so saddening and and uh, boy, I just would be heartbroken if anybody thought I was in any way. Uh, downplaying this terrible, terrible trend, uh, depression. I mean, not not only depression, but suicide is up thirty-three yeah. percent since nineteen
0: ninety-nine. And 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 there's a difference between depression and clinical depression. I mean, there's correct, there correct. that's a that's a whole different level. And clinical depression is when you're suicidal.
8: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And 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 being able to. Interrupt that depression early on, yeah. and get treatment, and 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 uh, and seek help. Uh, it, it seems to me we should ask the question: What's going on in our generation that's unique to this generation, and and is and it could be these be contributing factors. Everything um, though,
0: Max, is unique. I it's mean, unique. Everything.
8: It's, just, <laughs> it's, it's like... the past Things have changed more in the last 30 years than in the last 300. Absolutely. think about so much has changed so fast that it's really, I think, contributing to to all of our anxiety. Uh, Our smartphones uh, don't allow us any downtime. I mean, it's just... And I'll confess, during the break, what was I doing? I was checking my smartphone. Mm. I should have been taking my breath or offering a prayer, saying, Lord, uh-huh. give me wisdom. Uh-huh. But I've 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 bought into it as well. There there's no downtime. And I think the the young people uh are falling victim to thinking that's their community. They're, they're uh saw you know, this, this internet community uh, where they can you know text people, they can uh, get online and and just share ideas or even look at pictures. But Glenn, that's not authentic community. Uh, that's That's not where you really have the opportunity to open up to somebody and build a friendship with someone. And so I think that's a factor. So I think there's several factors that are coming into play, uh, but it's a it's a very disturbing
0: trend. So um, let's go through a couple of the things that you recommend in the book that I think are fantastic. Um, You say, next time you're going through the airport, um, look at everybody and uh, give them an intercessory prayer. Explain that.
8: (laughs) Well, again, the big idea of the book is happiness happens when we give it away. And, and the New Testament is packed full of passages that urge us to do things for one another. They're the one another verses. And so I took ten of them and uh, unpacked them in the book and said, here's some examples of things you can do. And and one of them is pray for one another. Pray for one another. Um, and this is, uh, like you say, on a, a kind of a casual level as you're walking through an airport or a shopping mall or a grocery store. Rather than get overwhelmed by your to-do list or the travel, take a moment and just say, Lord, bless that person over there who's on the computer. Bless that little child who's been born into this busy world. And what happens is not only are we activating the power of prayer, which I think is just the greatest power there is, but we're getting our minds off of ourselves. We're, We're expanding our circle. We're lifting up our eyes, and we're seeing people all around us. And then this is especially important with those uh, for whom we have uh, a deep concern that we know very well. Uh, Parents, uh, you you know, talk to me all the time about what can I do about my son who's a prodigal or or my daughter who doesn't call home or what can I do? There's nothing I can do. And I'm trying to be quick to remind them and say, oh, there's a lot you can do. You can pray. And when we pray, we give, our pro- we give that person to God. We, we place that person in God's hands. None of us have big enough shoulders to carry everybody's problems. We don't even have big enough shoulders to shoulder our own. And so one, way, one, one thing that takes our joy is we try to carry the burdens of other people. Well, nobody can do that, Glenn. And what we can do is we can carry those burdens to God. We say, God, please please help my child or please help this person and I, I think that that's uh, a, a an avenue that uh, everybody can take and end up happier uh, a person doesn't have to have a you know an advanced degree in theology they they don't have to understand all the questions about about faith they can just take take their concerns and lift them up to God in prayer pray for people uh, and I pray personally, I know I'm a pastor, so people might say, well, you're supposed to, but I don't tell people that. I was just with a person day before yesterday. Uh, uh, I I ran into them in a parking lot. They were helping me with groceries, and they looked discouraged. And I said, would you be offended if I just said a prayer for you? And he said, I'm never offended by prayer. And I just said, Lord, bless this person. Lift their spirit today and help them to have a better day. Well, I I don't know what God did for them but I know what he did for me. Mm-hmm. I got in the car a happier person. And uh I cuz I felt like I had done something for that person that that person. Moved. It's and just it, simple things we can do it, to, uh, it, to make it, all of us happier.
0: Doesn't it also um doesn't it also help you start to notice people? So many people feel unnoticed uh and alone and it helps what you st- a great point. It's it helps you notice people and look at people differently, because when you're just kind of looking around and you're focused on your own thing, you're just seeing people. But if you're really looking at people, you'll see things in their faces. You might notice their clothes, you might notice their hands or something, and you'll you'll start to notice them. And you'll start to not only just not focus on yourself, but you will see the struggles of other people, and it will become a habit.
8: Well, what a great point. That is excellent, that's excellent. Glenn, I have a friend who saw an epitaph, uh, he saw it chiseled in a gravestone, the phrase, I was born a human, but I died a grocer. And I think what he was saying is, I just became a functionary in the world. People saw me as the one who checked them out in the grocery store line. Uh, we can all tend to do that. We can, mm. we can pigeonhole people and say, that person uh, runs the convenience store or that's the person you know who uh, oversees the security at the, at the parking lot when each person every single person is an idea of god and god has no bad ideas every single person and and i think this is especially important in in the world in which you live glenn and you do such a masterful job at and that is not our, our tendency is to say that person you know is with the donkeys that person's with the elephants that person has this position that per- and we forget that that's even though we might disagree with that person they're still a human being and they deserve to be treated with respect and kindness and so anything we can do to help us remember that, that we live in a in a society of living, breathing ideas of God is good for us, it's, and it's good for it's us.
0: It's hard in a in a society that makes everyone who isn't exactly thinking the same thing that your team is thinking. It's hard because everybody wants to make those people into enemies, and, yeah. uh, and y- you have enough evidence that there are people that are actively trying to thwart what you believe is true, that it, it, it's, it's extraordinarily difficult.
8: One of the things that's unique, uh, and I, it just seems like I've only experienced it in the last five or six years, is something that we might call guilt by association. Um, you know, I'll, I'll go on anyone's program, and, and I'll be, I'll, I love conversations. I love being interviewed. I love to interview And but but of the last four or five years, I will get emails or or people posting things on my Facebook saying, uh, "You were on so and so's program. Don't you know what she thinks about?" And then fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. Are you in on so and so's program? Don't you know what they say about? Are you one of them? And it's just this. I bet you
0: get that all the time. Oh (laughs) yeah. There's no way to win. There's no way to win. There's no way to win. win,
8: You know. It, we're, we're just carrying on a conversation, to, to, and we're respecting one another. That doesn't mean that you agree with everything everybody says. Uh, and I don't, I don't know what happened. It, it, there's some civility that got lost somewhere along the way.
0: It's arrogance. I think we're uh, – you know, I wrote about this in one of my books, that uh, the problem that I f- uh, suffer with sometimes is um, certitude, that I am certain – that i am right and the minute i am certain that some that i am right then the person with the other opinion doesn't matter to me anymore and Mm. you you so you don't listen to them you're just trying to tell them eventually just shut up because you don't get it well once you're certain you're done there's there's no Mm. way to communicate Mm. only if you look at somebody and go Uh, There's something that is driving them. There's something that I'm missing here. There's something there's something that they see that I don't see or they think they see. And I want to learn that until you are willing to go down that road with people. And not all people are willing to to, you know, reciprocate. um, But until you go down there, you're, you're just it's just an exercise in futility.
8: What a great point. What a great point. There's, a, there's just a wonderful story in the, in the New Testament about the time that, that Jesus was on his way to treat the daughter of the most important man in the village, and a woman reached up and touched him on the hem of his garment, and she was an outcast because she had suffered for many years from a, what's called what was called an issue of blood, and she was marginalized by society, but Jesus stopped because he knew he had healed her. And he asked her to come forward, and there's a little phrase there in the gospel story that says, Jesus listened to her whole story. He listened to her whole story. And, and I thought, how long has, had it been since anybody had listened to her whole story? Mm-hmm. I, I think there's a real balm that comes when we listen to people. Uh, you know, you honor people, Glenn, because you listen to them. You, you take time to you, – you may not – I'm sure you don't agree with everything they say, but you listen. You, you let them express themselves. And this is something that all of us can do, and we can learn from it. Uh, one of my friends says that the best question that any of us can learn to ask is, how does it feel to be you? How does it feel to be you? How, how does it feel to be a female in a gray flanneled world, you know? Or how does it feel to be a teenager in this day and age? Tell me, how does it feel? How does it feel to be, uh, you know, a middle-aged white man in this day and age? What's it like to be you? That's a great way to start a conversation and and to urge people to just just tell me your story, and I think there's there's some healing that happens when we do that.
0: Max Lucado um, you can follow him at Max the name of his book is how happiness happens and the thing I like about this book is that it actually gives you things that will turn into a habit uh, the things that that long ago when I was trying to find my way uh, the things that I did like dismiss coincidence for 30 days changed my life. The things that he talks about and the tips he gives you can change your life. How Happiness Happens by Max Lucado. Max, thank you so much. We'll talk again.
8: You're such a delight. Thank you,
0: Glenn. God bless. It's great to talk to Bye-bye. you. Bye-bye. Oh, he's going to get so much heat for just saying that. That's yeah, not not a word I've usually seen associated with you. Yeah, delight. Yeah, maybe in a dessert sense. Yeah, I was going to say, there's some delight in desserts, but... <laughs> Uh, you're sitting at the table, your favorite upscale French restaurant when the waiter comes up and, uh, he's got a, uh, t-shirt and ripped jeans and beneath the brim of his, uh, hard hat, he says, what will it be? You're like, um, I don't, uh, I'm in a French. Yeah. I got a feeling for my cousin from time to time. That is not the experience I want. Uh, and that's not the experience I want in anything. I want what... What I kind of expect and what I deserve if I'm going to a you know great place. If I am hiring a real estate agent, I know exactly what I want. I want somebody who is going to be calling me, going to let me know what's going on, uh, going to be selling my house or helping me buy the next house. Somebody that doesn't do it part time. You know, no cousin is filling in. Yeah. You, so you want to sell your house, do you? Uh, you need somebody that is a pro at what they do and the right person for the neighborhood that either you're moving into or moving out of. You can find that right person at realestateagentsitrust.com. And they don't sound like this. Uh, nor do they sound uh, like the Frenchie Frenchman either. They speak your language. Realestateagentsitrust.com. That's realestateagentsitrust.com.
1: You're listening to Glenn Beck.
0: Okay. Uh, <laughs> welcome to the program i'm uh, so glad that you're uh, you're here Thanks. saturday we not you well uh, saturday we have a um uh, the M1 ball, and this is where we raise money to be able to hire the people that we need to hire, so we can go and do these things. When... Mercury One, your charity, yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes, uh, and um, and you know the the things that we're involved in now with the Nazarene Fund and everything else is just crazy great. I mean, you just heard Max Locato talk about doing things for other. I can't tell you how many people who have been involved with Mercury One. Uh, Even just on the donation level, get such satisfaction out of it. Um, This this uh, ball we do once a year to pay for all the salaries and everything. So when I raise money on the air, I can say 100 percent of the proceeds go to. And so I like to try to do something that you're interested in. You get something back. Uh, and th- so the ball is happening this Saturday at the Dallas Omni Hotel. We would love to see you there. You can watch Saturday night if you can't make it. The, F- the Mercury One Facebook page live sk- uh, stream of the ball, um, and we also have an auction going on now.
2: Yeah, there's a six day, five night trip to Florida. There is um, uh, this. Is, there's another. There's this trip to Burns Ranch, which I have to admit. The first time I looked at it, I thought it said the Bunny Ranch. And I was like, that's a weird trip <laughs> for Mercury One to be giving away. Yeah, no, but hey, maybe no, Jeffy donated no. it. Uh, no, Burns Ranch uh, hunting trip. There's all sorts of really cool all stuff All sorts of on.
0: really great stuff, including a painting that yeah. you will not get because I, I I want this so bad. Uh, this beautiful painting of, uh, sept- uh, of, uh, of our 828 on the Mall in Washington, D.C., it is so unbelievably intricate I've never seen anything like it um, anything that you are looking for just check out our auction site at mercuryone.org slash m1 ball.